Our first scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 13, verses 28 through 37. Hear now the word of the Lord. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near, right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servant, servants in charge, each with his assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening, or at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. Our second scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Colossians, chapter 4, verses 2 through 6. Hear now the word of the Lord. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. You know, All Saints Sunday is a special day in the life of the church. It's a holiday in which we have set aside time to remember the faithful service of those servants of Jesus Christ, both within our church and beyond. I know it might not be as exciting as, say, Christmas or Easter, these other high holidays of the church, yet it's something that's critically important because it reminds us that we are a part of something so much bigger than just ourselves, that we're a part of a movement, of a faith that began thousands of years ago, halfway across the world, and has stretched across nations and across generations, so that we, even now, might know the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When we remember the faithful servants who've gone before, those who've moved on to glory before us, we give thanks for their commitment to the kingdom, for their service, for the love that they showed the people around them. And when we remember those faithful saints, for most of us, if not all of us, we remember more than just one little piece of their life. Most people aren't just a saint in one thing and in nothing else. That's not really how it works. But rather, those saints who've gone before were people whose lives and words, whose conversations and actions reflected the love of Jesus Christ and showed just how powerful a faith in Him could be. You might say they were good stewards 
of their lives. That they used it well. See, stewardship and generosity are charged words in our modern day. These are things that so often call to mind people who are using the pulpit for their own gain. Preachers who proclaim a prosperity gospel and yet themselves have private jets. We know that these things happen and we know that they're bad. Yet we also know that generosity, for all of that charge that it might have, is still a virtue. That for us to be good stewards of our life means more than just handling our money in ways that are reflective of kingdom values. Rather, stewardship is about how we, as people of faith, use the resources that God has blessed us with in service of His kingdom. Over the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about generosity, but not just financial generosity. Rather, we're going to be talking about a holistic sort of generosity that encompasses every part of our lives in every moment of every day. There's no, there's no doubt that All Saints Sunday is a bittersweet holiday. We give thanks to God for blessing us with these people, and we can celebrate in the knowledge that they have gone and been welcomed by God into His perfect love. But we also mourn today because we know that our own lives, though shaped by our relationships with these saints, will be much different without them. We know this, and this is reflective of the first part of a good and generous life that we're going to talk about. And that's because in this holiday, we remember that time is precious. We don't know how long or short our lives will be. We don't know how much time we have. It's one of our most precious resources. It's one of the most valuable things we have. And it's just as important for us as Christians to be good stewards of our time as our money. So to be, good, to be a good steward means to use something well. So the question comes up then, how do we use our time well? Well, I think it's a lot easier to think about the negative, how uh, you don't use your time well. I'm sure that all of you have had one of those days, at least a few times in your life, when you wake up and you just aren't feeling it that day, when you just don't want to roll out of bed and get started on things. And maybe you do it anyway, but sometimes you're a little bit slower than usual. If you're like me and it's a day when you don't have a whole lot planned, maybe you'd roll over and pick up your phone for a few minutes, and those few minutes maybe turn into 10 or 20 or 60, and suddenly a huge portion of the day is gone and you've done nothing with it. I think we can all agree that even though it's something that happens sometimes, that's not really a good use of time. But we also know that we don't have a faith built on negatives. Rather than focusing on what isn't a good use of time, we should be focusing on what is. 
It's more about what you do than about what you don't. When Paul says, make the most of every opportunity, he doesn't just leave it at that. He clarifies and says that the way that you do that is by being wise in your treatment of others, especially those outside the church. And friends, this is because for as hard as it can be, and for as big of a responsibility as it is, and even though you might not want this to be true, we as Christians are representatives of the church in everything that we do. This is a big responsibility because we claim to be people who are changed by our faith in Jesus Christ. We're people who claim that our faith makes a real difference in the way that we live. And if we make that claim, then people are going to take the things that we do as evidence of the things that we believe. That's a big responsibility, but it's also a major opportunity. It's an opportunity for us to show the love of Christ, to go and be God's church, declaring and demonstrating in every moment what it means to be saved by faith, what it means to be changed by the power of the Spirit. But more than that, it means going and seeking out those opportunities, looking for times when we can show the love of Christ, in which we can tell people about what he's done in our lives and what he's doing in our world. Paul says to let our conversations be full of grace. He says to let them be seasoned with salt. What he means by this is that our presence should be good and wholesome. And even though the message that we have and the message that we proclaim through our actions and our words is a good one, it might be a hard one. But it's still the good news. And as such, we should be proclaiming something that people need to hear, which is that there is hope. There is salvation to be found, and there is another way that we can experience life that we never could otherwise, and that's through Jesus Christ. But the question comes up of why is it so important for us to do this? Why is it important for us to use our time in service of others, spreading the news of the gospel? Well, when Paul says, to make the most of every opportunity. This is something like an investment because a wise person prepares for the future. Now, investment is another one of those charged words that brings to mind thoughts of money, maybe thoughts of retirement accounts or brokerage accounts, thoughts of Wall Street perhaps. But the truth is, investment is something that's a lot bigger than just money. And we use that word in ways beyond just that too. See, parents invest in their children, not only by buying them things and providing for their needs, but by spending time with them, by raising them up in the faith so that they might be well-prepared and well-grounded adults. We invest in our homes, not just by replacing things that break, but by spending time doing work 
so that our homes can continue to be comfortable into the future. We invest in our communities with the ways that we use our time and our energy, and yes, our resources as well. And the truth is, when we invest in other people, we're preparing for something that will happen, for something that's yet to come. Now, I I graduated from Texas A&M University, and one of the traditions, I know it's a surprise that A&M has traditions, but one of the traditions that happens on campus every year is called the big event. And this is a time when thousands of students come together and go out into the community. They go out into the greater Bryan College Station area and work at hundreds of houses and churches and public buildings, just trying to clean things up, to fix stuff, to make it better. This is a big impact that happens every single year, but it started in 1982 when six students got together and decided to go clean up a cemetery. Because of something that these six young adults did in 1982, hundreds of people were impacted by thousands of students in 2019. If God can use a group of students in a cemetery to do that. Imagine what God can use his church to do in the world. We invest in other people through kindness and grace because we're preparing for what God can do in those relationships. We plant seeds so that the gospel might take root and grow in people's lives. What's the opportunity that we're making the most of? What's simple? It's the opportunity to show them Jesus. Our time should be dedicated to this mission that we've been given. It's a simple mission, one that the saints that have gone before did for us, and that we are called to do for the people around us and for generations to come. And that mission is simply sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. It's so important that Paul asks for prayer, not because he's in prison, but because he wants to continue spreading this message. As we read these things, let us hear that same invitation to pray for one another and to invest in each other and to work together for the sake of the kingdom. To invest in the people around you, even if it's hard, and it oftentimes will be, because it can yield great fruit for the gospel. To do as Paul claims to do, which is to proclaim the gospel clearly as we should. And friends, to celebrate together as the church, because God has done great things and is doing great things. But not only to celebrate together, to invite the people around us to come and join this celebration too, to see the good works that are happening, and to rejoice because they are good indeed. And finally, to remember the saints who've invested in you, who've invested in our church, and who've invested in our world, and to give thanks, and then to follow in their example, and to go and do work ourselves, 
so that someday someone can look back at us and think and be thankful that we helped shape their faith and invest in their lives in the same way as those saints who've gone before us. Thanks be to God who makes this possible. Amen.